Hello, and welcome to the start of Season 2 of the Trinity Episcopal Pocatello Podcast. Peace be with you. Today at the church, we are celebrating our Rally Day, otherwise known as the Day the Choir Comes Home. On the podcast, you'll be hearing a sermon from over the summer by Reverend Haiti about learning to trust the God who is always more ready to answer us than we are to pray. Based in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, here is The Courage to Ask. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Lord, teach us to pray. The disciples have been watching Jesus pray. They've had plenty of opportunity. Praying is something Jesus does a lot in all the Gospels, and especially in the Gospel of Luke. So far in Luke's story, Jesus has prayed at his baptism. He's prayed after healing people. He's prayed before calling his disciples, before asking his disciples who they thought he was, before being transfigured on the mountaintop. His life has consistently shown the importance of prayer. Maybe it's shown something about the appeal of prayer as well, the experience of connection, of intimacy. But that's clearly not the only place this disciple's request is coming from. Teach us to pray, the follower says, as John taught his disciples. This man seems to have a sense that prayer is something they're supposed to be learning, something they should be getting from their experience of following a spiritual master around. Maybe they see it as a skill they need to develop, a spiritual level they want to unlock. Okay, Jesus says. And if you have spent any time in the Episcopal Church or related churches, his next words should sound pretty familiar. Not totally familiar, for sure. Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer is shorter than Matthew's, so it's also shorter than the version we're used to praying. It hits the same high points, but it's missing just enough detail to jolt us a little bit, to defamiliarize it. It's probably a good thing. Hearing this prayer with fresh ears reminds us of God's sacredness and power. It reminds us that we are waiting and watching for God's kingdom to be born around us. That it's God who supplies our needs. 
that our ability to be at peace with God is inextricably bound up in our ability to be at peace with others. That we can't ultimately protect ourselves from danger, no matter how hard we try. But that God is there for us to turn to. We can think of the Lord's Prayer as a fixed set of words, one that many of us have memorized since childhood. Our tradition makes them part of every worship service. And as faithful Jews, Jesus and his followers had a number of set prayers, a bit like it, that they repeated every day. But we can also think of the Lord's Prayer as a template for our own more free-form prayers, a reminder of the things we can pray for, a reminder of the things we might want to think about. Only Jesus doesn't go into that kind of explanation. Jesus goes somewhere else. He goes into a parable of sorts about asking a neighbor for help and being refused, at least at first. And what this parable tells me is that Jesus is hearing something in the disciples' question that's a little different. Two-thirds of Jesus' answer two-thirds of the reading we just heard, actually comes after the prayer. That's the part I want to think about today. In truth, I have struggled with this parable. It can seem to show us a God whose decisions seem to come not so much out of wisdom or even love, as out of sheer exhaustion. It can feel like the exhaustion of parenting a toddler, of saying no so many times that you just run out of no and agree to something just for some peace and quiet. Some of you know my son Jesse, who lives in Denver. Today is his 36th birthday. And I apologize, Jesse, but these are not my fondest memories of parenthood. That was not the way I wanted to be as a parent. It is not the way I want God to be as my parent. New Testament professor Matt Skinner of Luther Seminary helps me a little here. Skinner encourages us to read that parable of the reluctant neighbor in about the same way as we read the questions that come after it. Can you even imagine someone who would turn away a neighbor in need, Jesus asks? Even at midnight? It couldn't happen. Not in a world whose core value is hospitality. Still less could it happen with God. Can you imagine a parent who would give a child a scorpion, Jesus asks, when he asks for an egg? It couldn't happen. Still less could it happen with God.
I still want to argue. I want to put a child welfare worker in that crowd and have them raise their hand because you know and I know that there are parents who do unspeakable things to their children. But that's not really how rhetorical questions work, and I know that. Jesus' basic point is fair. If we can usually trust some of the most flawed people in our lives not to behave cruelly, not to turn us down when we're in need, then surely, surely we can trust God. And this, I think, is the heart of today's reading. In teaching us to pray, Jesus is trying to teach us to trust. Because if his disciples aren't struggling with trust, there's no reason for them to be imagining a reluctant neighbor. If they aren't struggling with trust, there's no reason for him to be asking questions about snakes or scorpions. Those questions only make sense if his disciples, if we, are on some level afraid that God isn't going to answer us, that God won't give us what we most need, that God might bring us to something frightening instead. This parable and these questions only make sense if Jesus' listeners have knocked on the door before and waited and not heard any footsteps. For them, for us, the Lord's Prayer becomes first and foremost a reminder that God is present in our lives, that God feeds us daily, forgives us, heals us, that God is in control whether we hear those footsteps or not. The parable of the reluctant neighbor becomes a reminder that God hears us and we don't have to worry about how we're going to approach him. In Jesus' story, the man who needs bread doesn't say, ooh, I better not ask again. That would be rude. He doesn't say, yeah, if another neighbor hears me knocking like this, they're going to think I'm an idiot. He doesn't say, I guess my neighbor isn't as helpful as I thought he was going to be. I better try someone else. The man asking for bread never doubts that his neighbor can help. He never doubts that his neighbor will help. And of course, the neighbor helps. To teach someone how to pray, Jesus suggests, is to teach them how to trust. Lord, teach us to pray. Amen. We are grateful you've listened today, and we hope that you found something helpful in today's episode. 
Our mission is to weave God's unfinished tapestry, and by listening, you are a part of that mission. So thank you. If you would like to know more about our parish or the Episcopal Church, you can find us online at www.trinitypocatello.org. Thanks be to God.